Um, so we've been going through James. Uh, if you've been kind of following along with that or jumping in either one, it's, it's pretty easy. James is this like super practical letter, um, just calling us, calling the church to just this, this walk in Jesus in these really practical ways. Um, there's been all sorts of things that, that he has talked us through. Um, we talked about uh, like trials of many kinds. There's this call at the very beginning of James just jump straight in about like, Consider it joy because God's going to work through those things to bring maturity, um, which is kind of a hard pill to swallow sometimes. Um, there's talk about like not showing favoritism. There's, uh, there's talk about like listening and doing and like faith and action being like tied together. All, all those things are things that Paul, uh, not Paul, James has talked about in his letter. Um, and uh, we're moving on today to kind of this idea of like like many of your Bibles may say like future boasting or something like that and they're like titled. Uh, I've seen that similar thing. But um, So we're kind of looking at that today. Um, so how many of you are planners out there? Just to get a kind of an idea. Planners. A lot. I'm seeing a lot of planners. Like the rest of us are like, no. <laughs> um, I, I feel like logically there should be like a like spectrum of planning. I probably is, but it really feels like either like you plan or you don't. Anyone else feel like that? It's like either like you're really into planning or you just kind of fly by the seat of your pants and there's not really a whole lot of middle ground. Um, it's probably not true, but it feels like that. Um, so when when a a couple gets married, um, no matter how many like. Uh, conversations you've had about like what your expectations are, no matter how good your premarital counseling is, or all these things, there's going to be points of of like your lives as you're trying to like jam two lives together and become kind of one life that um, you're going to come up against like friction or like oh man I think this way and you don't so like what's up with that. Um, and one of those for Aaron and I, um, my wife Aaron's in the back. If you've not met her, should say hello sometime. Um, the uh, one of the things we found was family vacations was like way different for us in regards to plans. Um, and both are great. I want to be very clear. Both ways that we grew up are perfectly acceptable. One is better, but the, uh, um, no, uh, it, it's, it's the spectrum thing, and, and that's totally fine. But we, we found, like, we got married, and so we had these, like, vacations with both of our families, and the first time um, that she came to my family, so we, we like, went, I don't, know, we're like, I don't know where we were at, Tennessee or something. We're in, a, we're in the hotel the next day, we have breakfast, and we're at the, like, continental breakfast sitting around, and Somebody asked, like, hey, what, what's, the, what's on the docket for today? Probably Aaron, actually. <laughs> was like, what are we doing? Um, and my sis- one of my sisters is like, oh, well, we, uh, we were thinking that we wanted to go, like, on this trail and see this kind of vista in the mountains. And we're like, oh, cool. And my other sister's like, we really wanted to go. There's some, like, museums that we were going to go to. And they're like, oh, that's cool. And my parents are like, really want to go, like, see all the shops in town. And they're like, all right, cool. Well, uh, we'll see you all at lunch, and um, we'll figure out from there. And they, they all split, and Aaron's just like a little shell-shocked maybe from that of like, what's going on? Like, we're on vacation together. And we, that's how we functioned a lot. It's like, yeah, just do your own thing. We'll get together. We'll have meals together. We'll make sure we do specific things. But like, if you want to do something, go do it. Um, whereas, 
Like we go um, to, and I'm talking because it's it's cool. And I, by the way, we've all come kind of center. I think a little bit on this over time, maybe. But um, I went to the first vacation with Aaron's family, and it was like these are what we're doing every hour, kind of thing. Like we're going to be here for an hour. We're going to go see the shops for an hour, 37 minutes, and then we're going to get in the car and come here. That's how it felt to me, at least. And I'm like, oh my gosh, coming from, yeah, just do whatever, and we'll get back together sometime around lunch, you know. Um, so that was a big shell shock kind of thing. But the, the planning thing, I, I am not uh, much of a planner when I don't have to be. But even in that, I do, like, I, even with all that, you know, it's kind of like fly by the cedar pants and sometimes... There, there's like expectations that I'm going to carry into, into life and like things that like I hope for and want. Um, and James is like speaking into that today in the section that we're going to be in. It's James 4, 13 through 17 is where we're going to be. Um, you can turn your Bibles. It's on new version if you use that. Um, the, the notes are there. But um, I think a thing that's important is like plans are not bad. You know, so all you planners can sigh uh, a nice breath of relief there. Like, it's not, plans are not bad. James is not saying plans are bad um, in this as he's talking about, like, planning for the future and, like, the boasting in that. But he is going to talk to us about, like, where we're putting our trust into when we're planning, and there, there is a difference there. Um, so let's read this together. He, he says uh, in James 4, 13 through 17, Come now, you who say... Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such, a, such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. A little harsh, but okay. Um, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. Um, last week we talked about like, what came right before this, and that was this idea of, of like, submitting to God. There's this idea of God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. There's this call to like, a submission to the Lord and to like, a humility before that, and it's, this is coming out of that. Um, I talked about how we see um, like our natural bent and desires typically is uh, not necessarily lined up with God, and it's oftentimes trying to master us. Um, it's a thing that we have, to, we have to kind of put away and give that over to God and humble ourselves of that. But, and the, the thing was that God like meets us with grace. That whole thing is, but God gives greater grace was the statement that James makes. God gives greater grace in the midst of all that. And there was a call to humility and obedience within it too. Within that resounding call of like submit yourselves to God, to repent, to be humble, all these things, he puts it bluntly, we're just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Um, now, I don't know where you are when you hear that. That may be like harsh, like I said. You may be like, dang, come on, James, seriously. That may be like, yeah, I get that totally. Um, I'm not sure. In some ways, James is like leveling this rebuke um, in this against Christians that are functioning out of pride. And, and completely what he's doing is leveling this rebuke against Christians that are like functioning in like pride and like just like kind of a self, uh, like I can do, 
I, whatever my plans are, are going to succeed kind of thing. Um, it's not the commerce, you know, he's talking about like trading and stuff. It's not the commerce that's the problem. It's, it's not the plans for the future that are the problem in this. Um, it's forgetting that God is God and that we are not and that there's a reliance on God. Um, to assume that everything we plan will take place is an arrogant approach, according to James. Just as James has said before, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So my thing in this is like how, how do we both like plan and remain humble, right? That, that was kind of the question as I came into this. Is like, okay, James obviously isn't saying like don't ever think about the future because I think we can't function in the world like that. But how do we remain humble in the midst of that? How do we function in a world that we need to do these things? Um, and I think it comes down to, to motiva- motivation and mindset when we think about this. Um, Paul is talking to the Colossian church in, in chapter 3 of that letter. He says, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. It's this like call to, like, he both in that time is like, set your hearts on things that are above, set your minds on things above. Um, I may get into that a little bit later, but, you know, Jesus is talking about, like, treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves don't break in and steal. Don't, don't do that like the earth treasure, but do the thing. And that, that's about that like mindset and motivation. Does that mean we never think about the future on earth? No. But what it does mean is like all our, all our like hopes do not hang on those things. Um, there's aspects of planning and thinking about the future that we have to do to function in this world. But if our motivations and mindset are turned to God, or turned Godward, then we can live in that sweet spot. Um, And there's a handful of things that I think can help us. Um, One is remembering our impermanence and where our citizenship truly is. This is that whole thing about you're a vapor. Um, You know, I don't know that we need to constantly dwell on our mortality. That can go a little dark. Um, If we think about that constantly, but, or our like smallness, I think there's a difference between being humble and like demeaning ourselves. We kind of have to like, find that area of like, God does value us. Um, He loves us. Um, But remembering those things, like mortality and our smallness in the the vast universe that's ruled by the God, um, those are important aspects of like humbling ourselves um, before him and keeping ourselves in a proper perspective. Um, I struggle with this when things are not going well. Um, Just like confession, Aaron's like, Amen. You know, like that, that's my struggle is like when things are not going well to like have a good perspective about this. Um, I struggle with thinking too much about like my impact in a worldly way or how I'm going to be impacted day to day through things. And I'm forgetting like the bigger picture of God's kingdom and eternity and the spirit's work within me. Like I put sometimes too much emphasis on the day to day problems forgetting the larger picture of God in that thing. Um, that's me. Um, Jesus speaks into this in Luke 12, though. He says, he tells him a parable. He tells the people a parable that are around him. He says, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns 
and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be whoever, with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. Um, now, the sin here is not having resources. That's not the sin that, that um, deals with this. The sin is that for the man is in the story is twofold. Um, he assumed that nothing could touch him. That was like one of these things. Like, I've got all this stuff and nothing can touch me. I'm good for the rest of my life, you know, kind of deal. Um, there, there was an arrogance there. Um, and then the other thing was that he has this surplus of food and doesn't ever once think to be generous with this. It's like, like, first of all, I'm going to step aside for a second from this. How like self-inflated you have to be to like be telling yourself a story about what you're going to say to yourself. Anyone get that? It's like, you know, it's like, then he said, this is what I'll do. You know, it's like, I, yeah, anyway, um, he, there's a selfishness there. There's like arrogance of like, nothing can touch me. There's a selfishness of, I have all this stuff and I'm just going to like hoard it away and keep that. Um, you know, could not he have said, wow, my barns aren't big enough. Maybe I'll give some of this away to hungry people. You know, I, I don't know. Um, but the man in the parable was functioning out of like a self-seeking way um, in, a, in a prideful way. Um, to use the terms from last week, he was building his empire while God wanted him to focus on kingdom. He wanted to be about God's kingdom, but instead he was like building his own little empire over here. Um, something I want to say through all this, though, and kind of mentioned earlier is, you know, we need to remember that we're a vapor, that we're impermanent on this globe, but that, but even in that, like, not to go too far and, and forget God loves you all. God loves me. God loves us. Um, Jesus talks about, like, in that whole, like, don't worry so much because he's like, God knows the very like number of hairs on your head. Jesus is like, see that like sparrow over there? Like it has plenty of food, it's taken care of. God loves you more than that. You know, you see the flowers of the field, they're beautiful, but God is gonna take care of you even more. Like we need to remember that aspect of this as well and not go like too far the other direction. Um, God knows us and cares for us deeply. So to remember our impermanence, though, doesn't mean for us to demean or devalue ourselves. We're highly valued mortals, and in Jesus, our citizenship and our eternity are with God. Remembering eternity and thinking kingdomly helps put things into perspective. Um, remember our impermanence and where our citizenship truly is in Jesus. So that's one. Second thing is this, plan but hold plans loosely. Y'all all ever heard like the, the sand illustration? Is that familiar at all? Like if we have sand and we're just trying to like grab things of sand, it's not, we're going to lose it, right? Um, but it's weird, but the looser you hold sand, the more relaxed you are with that, the more, the less it falls through your hands. You get that idea? Like I think sometimes we just try to grab at plans and it just slips away from us. Um, I don't think it's possible to not have plans. I don't. I don't. Um, I think that things would be very, probably not great. I don't know, maybe, maybe sometimes you all are not thinking of the future, 
as far as homework <laughs> and things like that. Maybe you're really thinking about it. I mean, you need to hold them a little looser, but sometimes, you know, I think just like thinking those terms, college is not going to function super well for you all if you never think about what you need to do, right? Like just to like think even like that mundane of an idea, let alone something maybe more long-term. Um, I can't look at my week ahead and assume I can function without putting some things on the calendar. Um, if I'm flying by the seat of my pants, things are going to get forgotten. I'm going to let people down. It's not going to go super well. So how do we not cross over that into arrogance? And I think that the whole idea is like the holding of things loosely. Um, I think that, you know, that, that sand through our hands is a good way to think about it. Because if we attempt to hold too tightly onto our lives, just too much stuff happens that's variable. Um, let alone like maybe what God wants for us. Um, it's managed better held loosely. Holding on to our plans loosely allows for the fact that life throws us curveballs. It's going to happen. Um, we can trust easier that God is watching over us if we don't have to micromanage, feel like we're like micromanaging every single thing. Um, that slight release of control, that's an act of faith. It is an act of faith to like say, okay, I have these ideas, but if you move them, or if life moves them and you walk with me in this, then I'm going to be okay. Like that, that is an act of trust and of faith in that. Um, there's room for patience and compassion for other people if we haven't placed ourselves in a cage made of plans, however well-intentioned they are. That opens up more capacity. We talked about Wednesday night, the capacity is those things growing as the Holy Spirit's working in us. I think that's another thing is we kind of maybe release the stranglehold of like what my, what my life plan is, release that a little bit. God can move in that and, and grow some of those things in us. Making plans, but holding them loosely is an act of remembering what Paul quotes in Acts 17. He's actually quoting some philosophers, which is interesting, but he says, for him, that's God, we live and move and have our being. In him, we live and move and have our being. It's the idea that James is getting at when he says we should live in a way that shows if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this and that. It's kind of another aside, but that doesn't mean everything we ever say we needed to say God willing. It's not like a magic thing. I actually like I, that. There's a there's a there's a temptation to do that. I think sometimes it's like uh, I'll see you tomorrow, God willing. You know, it kind of depends where we're at. Like maybe that is the motive, but we can't just throw like a little magic mantra onto something and then suddenly we're good. Um, like that needs to be here, Lord willing, here, not here. Does that make sense? Everybody get that? Um, so if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. Plan, but let's hold our plans loosely and humbly release them to the Lord. And the last thing is just like within our hopes and dreams and plans to be obedient in the present. We don't want to get pulled into the future and forget about what God has for us here. Um, sin is missing the mark in a way. So in this statement, um, when he says, therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him that's sin. Um, when that's part, uh, in that statement, we see the part of living for God is doing the good that we ought to do. Um, the sin James talks about is the sin of what we call omission. Omission, we're omitting something that Jesus has called us to do. And I think that we can often fall into that 
more than even like blatantly sinning. Like it's like, oh yeah, we're going to keep ourselves away from all these things, but then I'm going to forget to actually like do the things Jesus has called me to actively. Um, we got to remember that it's a shallow moralism that focuses on what we shouldn't do and, and forgets about the good that we should do. So as we hope and plan and dream about what that could be, we don't forget the needs around us or the daily living for God that happens. I think often, and this is like a really, maybe a small thing, but I think often of like how many people in need do I pass on a weekly basis because I'm like, well, I have to go get to this thing. And again, this is kind of some minor stuff, but it's like, I can't stop for the person who has the flat tire because I have to get home to watch my kids, you know, like kind of thing. And those are important things, but like how, how much flexibility comes into our lives? That person who looks like they're just like wrecked on campus and they like need somebody in this moment, uh, I got to go wash my elbows. I don't know like what it is, but like the plan I have, like I'm holding to. So I think like thinking through those things, how, how can we, how can we do this where God has called us to like love people well? Let's not let our plans get in the way of loving people well. That's the, the short of it. Uh, in 1 Timothy 6.18, Paul says, command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyments, different from this man in the parable. The man in the parable was like, I've, I've done it. I've arrived. I'm going to like, uh, you know, my hope is in that thing. But Paul's saying like, put your hope in God. He's provi- God is providing. He's providing this. He goes on to say, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share, which is not what we saw in that parable. In this way, they should lay up for themselves for tre- uh, treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. What's the good that we should do today? What's the good that we should do today? Paul says that it's generosity and good deeds. It's loving people around us with the love of Christ. It's not looking so into the future and being so constrained by our plans that we forget what's going on around us and how God is working. I just want to read a little segment out of this commentary. It's a Tyndale um, commentary on James. I thought it was interesting here. All All who profess to call and call themselves Christians should be constantly examining themselves, not merely with reference to the positive wrong they may have done, but also to their failure to express their discipleship in terms of service to their fellow men. For it's probably true to say that we more often leave undone the things we ought to have done than to do the things we ought not to have done. And to him that knoweth to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. So again, it's this call to like do the things we know Jesus has called us to in the day, in the moment. So just some like actions here. We remember our impermanence and also where our citizenship truly is. We plan but hold them loosely. And within our hopes, we're obedient in the present. Um, the writer of Proverbs says, many are the plans of a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And I just pray that that's like really true in our lives. Uh, let's pray. Um, Jesus, help us. 
um, whatever kind of person we are, um, whether this is like, oh yeah, this is easy, or whether this is like really, really a difficult thing, um, I just want to come back to, but He gives greater grace. You give greater grace, and that echoing statement covers all of this. So if this is like a big struggle, Lord, just help us to remember your grace is sufficient, even with, with those kind of struggles, Lord, if we just want to hold on so tight um, to that, that you are, are gentle and gracious and compassionate on us. Um, but I do pray that we can remember these things, like we are impermanent on this, on this globe, um, that we are uh, like trying to hold plans looser and let you work within them. And that like, even in the midst of our schedules and all that kind of stuff, that we would have eyes and hearts to see the things around us where you're like calling us to love our neighbor as ourself. You're calling us to, to step into the world and bring kingdom into that. Help us not get covered up with our little empires that we're trying to build so much that like we forget what you're doing in the world. So help us to do that. Help us not to be arrogant about these things or self-trusting, but that we would trust you, we would rely on you, that we would love you. And Jesus, I just pray that you help us to break down any of these like walls that we've built up. Um, we love you. And it's in your name, Jesus. Amen.